Welcome back to Yin and Yang, the podcast. Uh, this is episode 69. It has been a long time coming. Uh, our last episode was about like married life. I had just gotten married like through paperwork in, here in Japan. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I then I had a wedding recently that um, Dan w- uh, attended. Uh, so for the purpose of this podcast, for our listeners, um, we have two people named Daniel for this podcast right now. So it's going to be, <laughs> so I'm going to call Yin, you know, the other half of Yin and Yang, the podcast, I'll call uh, Mr. Yin, I'll call him Dan. And then for our <laughs> guest today, we have Daniel Tong. Yay. Yay. Oh. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So that voice you just heard who said yay is Daniel Tong. He uh will be will be referring to him as Daniel. Yeah, uh, Daniel or also Daniel the editor. Uh <laughs> before we get into that, uh, as I was saying, uh so Dan, he attended a wedding I um I, I held recently in Japan. And so uh, you know, all you know, been busy, which is why the podcast has been delayed. But excuses aside, I want to welcome our our guest. Daniel Tong, he is an editor based in uh, California, USA, uh, and he, I, Daniel and I go way back. We actually attended the same high school um, <laughs> in the sure Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, where our hometown is Milpitas. So, uh, and so, uh, it was always interesting to like come back to. Uh, and once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll run into D- uh, Daniel through like some events. Like the most recent one was um, our 20 year uh, high school graduation uh, reunion, our high school reunion. Damn. Um, uh, damn yeah. So I, I missed it. So what happened was like for the 10, the 10th year anniversary, like I was in the Bay area and I, but I missed it. Cause like all my friends, they were like, they're like, ah, I don't go. It's it's not a big deal, but I really regretted like not going to. You know, it's kind of you know why not? You know, it's a tenth year, so but I missed it. Um, so I was like, you know what? If if possible, I'm gonna make it a point to go to the twentieth year anniversary, and I did. Uh, but that was it was even more inconvenient because I was living in Japan at the time. I, I'm still living in Japan, and and <laughs> I and and I was just like. Uh, hey, I have time off, might as well. And also it's a good time to see family as well. It's always, you know, a good time to see family. So I went, went back and I ran into Daniel. I was like, whoa, whoa. And, and um, sure mm. enough, um, within like, we've, it was like maybe six plus year gap since I last saw him or whatever. And, uh, and uh, he's still working in film. He, last time I spoke with, the last couple of times I spoke with him, he was working, uh, he is an editor in, in the film industry. And, uh, I was like, oh, that's great. You know? And, uh, cause I, I'm, you know, Dan, Dan knows I, I'm also in uh Buffy, you know, that I'm also, I did a short film and I've, I've also been working in film as well before. And, uh, it's always good to see people who are still, you know, sticking in the industry. Cause it's not easy. Income's not steady. Jobs are not that steady. And, uh, to pursue, to pursue the creative arts is, is, you know, it's to pursue any industry, uh, Particularly, I think the artistic industry, uh, the film industry, and stay with it, um, I think is 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 commendable. So, uh, without further ado, uh, I want to welcome welcome Daniel Tong. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for the intro. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a while, but I'm 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 honored to be here. Uh, I've I've listened to your guys' podcast before, so oh, <laughs> when, yeah, I think in the past. <laughs> so and so when you when you reached out and asked, hey, do you want to be in the podcast? It was uh, it was it was an honor, man. I'm I'm really really happy 
Oh, uh, wow. Reached out. So, you know, and it's a great, great time to, you know, catch up as well. I always enjoy these moments to just like, hey, what have you, what you been up to? And all that. So, and good meeting Dan as well. Yes. <laughs> so, nice meeting you. Yeah. I can put a face to the voice now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, awesome. You're you're one of the one of our listeners. Wow, that's that's always good to hear. It's always because we sometimes we feel like we're speaking in like a vacuum or like in a in a, a bubble. But once in a while, someone will say, "Hey, I really like that one episode." I'm like, "What? People actually listen to this?" So. <laughs> <laughs> you put it out there, people will listen. You know, someone awesome. Will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just briefly from Daniel's website. Uh, his intro, hi, his name is Daniel Tong. And within these walls, you will find expensive, uh, he's talking about his website, extensive body of work that covers films, gaming, corporate, and personal projects. His mission is to create and collaborate. So please let him know if you want to work together and create the best work possible. So that's from Daniel Tong's website, danieltongeditor.weebly.com. All right. Do you, do you yes. pronounce it? I know in Chinese it's Tong, or do you pronounce it Tong? Um, yeah, in, in, in English, you, you, I usually say Tong. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. 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 There are not too and, many of us. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the uh, last name. Yeah. Dan, Daniel also, uh, is a musician. He plays guitar. He sings and he, uh, also fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, before we start uh, about, you know, your work in editing, let's, let's get to know a little bit about you. Um, so yeah, introduce yourself. So where are you from? What's what's your family background? Yeah, we mentioned your last name. You speak Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, if I were to talk about my family background, that would be a long story. <laughs> but, <Okay. laughs> well, I'll I'll share a little bit. But yeah, yeah. So, um, my uh, my name is Daniel Song. You obviously already know. And um, well, a long story short about my family background. Uh, you know, I was born here in the states, uh, uh, San Francisco to be exact, and then my family. Uh, was actually both my parents are born in Myanmar, Burma. Uh, oh. Even yeah, even though we're ethnically Chinese, but um, you know, I think you know after after World War II, after um, you know the changeover, and uh, you know when the <laughs> communism took over, um, folks either went to Taiwan or they went to you know other places, and uh, my family happened to go to Burma. So um, that's why growing up, you know. I'll, I remember our food being a mixture of like going to like Christmas, Thanksgiving. It was a mix between, you know, American, you know, meals and also Chinese meals, but also like Burmese dishes that our family would would make. So um, it, it was kind of interesting growing up with a, a mixture of, of, of that because sometimes I'm like, wait, which one's Chinese? Which one's Burmese? Which one's... <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh, that's a little bit about my 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 family, um, and you know I grew up in the Bay Area, and in terms of like my interest in film, that began a very at a, that began at a very early age. Um, I have relatives in, well, first of all, you know I watched movies from a very young age. My parents would sit sit down and we would watch uh, TV, and you know I got exposed to movies like E.T., Superman. Um, I saw Alien at age four. I remember that. What? <laughs> they allowed yeah. that <laughs> yeah they i don't think they knew there was like oh we're watching tv come on in let's sit down and watch aliens so uh definitely remember that and that might be the reason why i like horror movies today <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah i think from a very young age um I, I, movies were always a part of my life and uh my relatives we live in the bay area but my relatives lived in 
Los Angeles. So sometimes when we visit Los Angeles, we would visit like we would go somewhere fun like Disneyland or um, other times Universal Studios. And so that was my first exposure to uh, filmmaking. And uh, I was always really fascinated by like the stuff you see behind the camera. And uh, I remember like when I used to draw pictures, like if I say I drew a picture of like a scene from Back to the Future, uh, I wouldn't just draw the DeLorean and the characters. I would draw the lights and the camera and like where the sets would begin and end. Like one part would look like the set in the movie and then the other side would look like, oh, that's backstage. I, I don't know. I just I was just always fascinated <laughs> by things that, that um, like the behind the scenes stuff. So um you know and when I decided to become a filmmaker that was a long process I always knew I was going to get into the arts and it just kind of evolved um I didn't realize film was a thing I can get into like it, was, it could be a major and you know um it, it just start. it just was kind of a long process started with, oh I'll I'll get into animation I'll get into comic books I'll get into theme park design it eventually just led to I think around high school it was like oh it's time to choose a major like wait film can be a major uh let me look into this and um you know got a, got a camcorder one one christmas and uh for my parents because they kind of knew that oh he it's a phase we'll just entertain him for a bit and maybe we'll <laughs> pass over um and you know that thing that was that was when i really really got into it um just you know watched a lot of movies you know shot a lot of videos um you know really this is during the time when DVDs were a big thing too with special features. So they had a lot of making of stuff. So, um, you know, that's, that's really when high school was really when I really dug deep into like what went into making movies and me deciding, okay, this is what I want to do. So, um, yeah. Cause I do remember, I don't know if you remember this. I think we had to do a video for a language. I think it was French class or you had to do one for Spanish. Were you taking Spanish? I was thinking French, but we did we did have to do video, yeah. Yeah, we I think we did a video together in in and I, we filmed at your house, I believe. <laughs> oh, did we? Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then why why law? Uh, oh, sorry, maybe I'll edit that out. But why <laughs> he came out? He came by and he did um uh. Uh, he he came as like the Spanish uh, weather correspondent. Oh or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I yeah yeah I remember distinctly like visiting your house like one time and we were we made like a, a short video for French class yeah <laughs> I, I do remember that I remember Godzilla making an appearance at the very end okay I don't remember that uh, I remember some figure but okay Godzilla nice yeah <laughs> yeah 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 I think there's a scene where we're like okay now for the next use Godzilla and then yeah. I think all of us shot scenes of us like pointing at the sky um funny i think another one of our friends named daniel was there too like, oh okay all right daniel Shen or something uh, maybe yeah like, yeah okay yeah okay yeah he was he was like the new news you guys were the two main newscasters yeah and then he was like the one that fell asleep oh. uh, would, would fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> and then, i i remember so you, you you guys were so funny like you pointed up into the sky godzilla and then you you woke up Daniel Shannon and he would point at Godzilla and then we cut to a scene of Godzilla like rampaging through our paper sets because uh, I, yeah. I believe you edited that one right or I edited that on two VCRs okay oh my gosh <laughs> yeah oh Daniel Shannon that oh yeah that brings back memory okay so uh so your 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 passion for editing or filmmaking you know um 
it, prior to that, you were like watching films, but then it started to really come into, I guess, bloom in, in high school, I guess. Yeah. 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 High school was the deciding factor, you know, choosing a major. Mm. And um, it was a lonely process. Too. I remember it was a lonely kind of decision because. Oh, really? Yeah. Because at the time, um, as far as I knew, I was the only person going to film and mm. um you know it's it's like you know we're like, if you want to go into like growing up asian american yeah um yeah okay want to get into it all right <laughs> so you know the community i was a part of um everyone was you know uh all my friends and you know um they were getting to uh, you know at least their parents were stressing that everyone was getting into engineering you know mm. that would be that would be the direct path you would take to be successful and um my parents i remember they were a little concerned uh, <laughs> you know as parents should be of right. course you want you want your kids to you know succeed and you know have live, live stably and um uh, all that good stuff right uh and they i remember they did try to convince me like are you sure you don't want to do this are you sure you don't want to do dentistry are you sure you don't want to do law and uh, i think they had me they had several parents friends talk to me hey are you sure you don't want to do this let me talk to you for about an hour about <laughs> finance oh, you know? <laughs> and you know by the end you know i appreciate the um i appreciate the the effort you know but i think sure. at the time i was like um at the end of it i was like no nah, i still want to do film and then mm. um you know when you're young your parents approval is 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 kind of important <laughs> you know at the time and i think I remember my dad just sat down and said okay um just to let you know um we don't know anybody in the film industry. Uh, right. Like there's no one we can like send your way to coach you, to mentor you in this field. If you were doing engineering or something else, we could, but right. yeah. we can't, but um, you have our, you know, you have our blessing. We'll support you however we can, if you do decide to do this and um, you know, just you, you, you do your, do your thing. <laughs> so um, that was the beginning of like, right before I'm like, okay, I'm going to college. I'm going to film school because this is, I can't, well, you know, I couldn't really imagine myself doing anything else. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so, um, so I went to, you know, uh, I actually went for my undergrad. I went to UC Santa Cruz oh. uh, for yeah film and digital media. And it was, it was very uh, interesting campus because it was very different from other campuses. It's very different from like, say if you went to Berkeley where it's, um, really close to the college town. Uh, Santa Cruz was up in the mountains, very foresty and uh, had a, had a really good like arts program and uh, film, film program as well. But in terms of film production, resources were kind of low. Mm. Uh, so is they made it hard for you to get into production um, because resources were low. So oh, wow. you had to take a written test to rent the camera and they made the head test really hard uh so uh yeah yeah i remember that and then i think um but i had my own camera oh and so i don't know it was because of that that i didn't really care about getting into production uh but i was just like eh, you know i got my camera i can i can work on my mm. own stuff and uh plus their fear i really liked their film theory program um like their it, it had all the like the usual stuff you would find in film film school you know experiment experiment experimental film film history and all that but they also had classes that like oh we're going to teach you about alfred hitchcock's film the entire class about alfred hitchcock mm. entire film about techno thrillers and um my favorite favorite class was one about um teen 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 films 
like oh coming of age films or yeah coming of age films john hughes or yeah yeah john hughes and you know um we watched like a lot of the john hughes films in that in, in that class and that was actually the first time i seen some of those films too in 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 class so <laughs> okay. I, yeah yeah so that was a really big robust you know um education in film theory but not enough production mm. um so when i graduated from school from from college um i actually went through this period where i thought ah, should i still be doing film you know my mom always wanted me to do law yeah maybe i should um through some circumstance i decided maybe i should do law so i think a year for a year i, I actually did work at a law firm because my dad did actually know um a lawyer <laughs> so uh, but during that time, you know, while working at the law firm, I was also getting work as a videographer because I picked up some jobs working with other folks um, in wedding videos. And uh, I started off working with someone who was already who already had their own company. But um, pretty soon I had friends who were asking me, hey, can you shoot my wedding? Can you edit something together? And I think that's when that's what got me the gears. If I didn't have that, I think I don't know if I would have stayed in film. Um... Uh Maybe I would have, but I think ha having those gigs, having the opportunity to use my camera and just kind of keep going with that, I think um, made the process faster where I was like, okay, I'm going back to school. And for me, it was important to get back into production as mm. well, because that's what I wanted to learn. And so, you know, I applied to grad school, uh, went to uh, Academy of Art University. And uh, this time around, um, I got the full, I got, I got the full okay from my parents. I think the first time around, they were like, kind of hesitant. They're like, we don't know what you're doing. So it was okay. important that I, and I took them to orientation and just, hey, this is what the school has to offer. And they're like, all right, go home and finish the application. We're convinced. Um, this is the one in San Francisco, Academy of Art? Or... Yeah, this is one in san francisco okay. um so uh they didn't have to get i would have went if they didn't give me their blessing but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but i think for me it was important that okay I'm, i know you guys want me to be a lawyer but uh, i want you to know this is what i want to do and i'm going to show you what i'm getting myself into how did you uh, just select that school versus like some other ones that was the school that i originally wanted to go to i think um huh. i think part of me still wants to stay in the bay Right. Area. Mm. And I think the commercials help too. <laughs> the commercials on TV that advertise oh. the Academy of Art University um, on TV. And I, I knew a few folks who went as well. And it sounded like a good program. Um, I applied to two schools, UCLA and Academy of Art. And then I think UCLA, um, I applied too late. Okay. So that ended up, I just cutting that. And I was like, okay, I'm putting all my chips in Academy of Art <laughs> University. <laughs> and so. Yeah, yeah. So I got so was, in. Oh, was go that ahead. your undergrad then? That was my grad um, school. So that, that, that was your grad school. school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got in, and um, but I haven't just hadn't decided what I wanted to focus on in film. You know, um, I think me, like many people who go into film, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a director. Right. And then, um, but even then, I was like, well, I'm not sure uh if that's what i want to do and so one of the reasons i wanted to go into back to school was to kind of find um find out what i wanted to do and when i first entered the director of the department was like all right here are the majors you guys can choose directing screenwriting cinematography editing when he said editing i was like wait i can focus on editing like <laughs> i i've been editing i like editing uh yeah let me focus on that so <laughs> that ended up becoming my major and um 
that that basically changed changed everything that kind of determined determined my focus from now from then on like this is what i want to do um this is what i'm going to like spend my time being in school and just kind of focusing on and working with others that people ask you know um I'm an editor, you know, <laughs> this is what I can help you guys with. And the school did stress collaboration with other folks in the field. And, and that was the experience that I wanted. So, um, yeah, became an editor. That's cool. And for like the finances part, like throughout undergrad and grad school, are your parents supporting you or are you, you are you working these gigs, like videography gigs to help pay for tuition? Like how, how's the, how's your financing work? Yeah. Well, I'm still paying off my student loans. Ah. So. <laughs> yeah, Santa Cruz was interesting. It was a, it was a joint. I was in a program with. A, I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but I was in there a, a joint program where it was like, um, the parents would pay, pay a bit, and but then I would pay, a bit, mm. as well. So, um, and then the Academy of Art was all me. So. Wow, and that's yeah. the more expensive one, right? Yeah, that's more expensive. Way more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Private school. <laughs> It, it is indeed it is um and, you know i'm still 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 one of the many who are still need the, the student loan you know world and um but is that I gonna get say, forgiven is, isn't biden gonna forgive you guys or <laughs> i hope so yeah i hope so <laughs> i haven't gotten the letter yet yeah student loan forgiveness okay uh, yeah. it depends on your income level so if your it, income level is not not steady then you have a higher chance of getting that forgiven yeah, yeah, my 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 income just became unsteady. So, but we can talk about that in a bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe I'll get get an email first, like you know, little little insight, little truthful insight into the, the film world. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, you know, like a lot of people ask ask me, like, is it worth it to go to film school? Mm. I think it's different for everybody. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. there are a lot of folks who naturally kind of find their way, like instantly in the film industry uh without going to school you know quentin tarantino did and yeah. um i think that's the big example you know for me i was still kind of searching you know uh you know i think at the time i was very i was i was very awkward I was very introverted so it's hard for me to kind of uh naturally kind of get connected with people at the time like unless it was a kind of in a uh environment like school you know in school uh the folk the whole point of that program was everyone has a role and you're going to work with each other uh whether you like it or not <laughs> so right I'm, yeah yeah so you know for me and for me too i wanted to look for my my area that i wanted to focus on in films so um going to school kind of helped me with that like okay i'm in this place where everyone's target is the same it's just everyone's choosing a different role and here are the different roles that you can um you can you can focus on it's kind of like um getting dropped into a match i'm using a video game reference getting dropped in, into a match of uh, overwatch or something and you have like the healer and you have the damage and you have the, the shield person <laughs> you know it's just kind of <laughs> you know like you choose the role that you think you're best at and just like go with it all right part of a team let's go so right uh so yeah despite the loose student loans thing i i, I really don't have regrets about my time there um just because it did help me kind of find um, you know, something that I, I truly was passionate about, you know, mm. <laughs> I truly did, did, did love doing and but still doing it now. So, yes. So, yeah. So your answer to that question is for you personally was yes. Going to film school helped you or was worth yes. it. Okay. Yes. Um, for me, it helped. Yes. Cause like, yeah, Academy of Art, you know, like I've, I've, you know, I've heard good stories. I've heard bad stories of like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, you know, 
rip off whatever or some people say i found you know my community there so it's like i've heard a mixed bag from about that school you know so oh, yeah yeah coming you know being from the bay area and, and involved the art scene um but i've had friends who taught there you know so yeah 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 so uh i yeah i do think that uh, each it's interesting that you mentioned that because like i think each person has their own path as far as what works best for them. Like you mentioned Tarantino or like, I, I, it reminds me of like, um, uh, I met one guy and I was living in Taiwan at the time and he was studying Chinese on his own. And I was mm. going to like a Mandarin training center and he, uh, but he was studying on his own and his Mandarin was already better than mine. He's like some, some white guy from the Midwest or something. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I was just like, wow. Like he, and he was asking me whose Mandarin was like, not that as good as his he's asked me hey how do you like classes is it good you know and i told him like hey man like your man is already like better than mine if you are because he loved studying languages he would study on his own like at least two hours a day or something like that and i was like if you're doing those you're putting those hours every day on your own then i you know to be honest i don't see maybe the only upside i think would be is to meet friends make a community uh, the social aspect you know and yeah. and uh and I know for me personally, maybe, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I know myself in that I'm not that disciplined, actually, of like studying on my own one to two hours a day, you know, language and stuff. So for me, like, that's how I became, you know, conversationally fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and also that's where I met, you know, some friends I speak to still to this day. So, um, but yeah, I, I do think that the idea of school for whatever field, um yeah it's really a personal question for me i went to um deanza deanza college for, for mm. film school and and then after that i went to city college uh, of san francisco uh and then eventually for grad school i did a uh, screenwriting in uh uh california state northridge but like nice. uh yeah and but like some of those guys that i met in community college who never went to like film like a four-year film school or whatever like they're doing, they're working, they're all yeah. working. And that each person has their own path. Cause like, I think for some of them, regardless if they went to like a, a four year or a grad school, like, I think they would still be doing it, you know, on their, they, they have that thing, you know, that, that internal motivation. Whereas yeah. some people, I think they needed the school to get to open. I know for myself and, and, and it seems like for you as well to, to, to realize, Oh, I'm not a, a, B, or C. Like for me, for me, I was like, oh, I'm not a cinematographer. Like I took cinematography class and I kept messing up like lighting and stuff. And I was like, man, I, I thought really hard about this lighting sequence. And my, and then the cinematography, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lighting teacher's like, oh, something's a little off. It's like a little, yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I like looking at film, but as for me, like, like, so that's more like gaffing, I guess, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not a gaffer or, or lighter, but I I still dabble I dabbled in it. But at least I have because of school, I have an understanding of those fields, and um, and I also have an understanding of myself of like, oh, what do I want? What do what fits my me or my particular um, temp temperament? I guess is the way to say it. But yeah, yeah. So after grad school, Daniel, was it easy like going finding your first gig, or were you always working during grad school? Yeah. Oh man. Um. You know, the first time I entered grad school, the, again, this goes back to our, the director of our department. The very first day, he was like, don't be surprised that the first job you get out of grad school was is at, is at a Starbucks. And <laughs> um, my first job out of school was not a star, not at Starbucks. It was at Fry's Electronics. 
Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was, you know, it was a, it was a bit of a, you know, after graduating, you know, um, it was, it was, it took some time before I finally found some gigs. I, I, I got gigs here and there, but Right. it wasn't like, it wasn't like consistent Uh, how did at first. how did you find those gigs i mean it's not like classified ads you know you, you don't answer those ads for like a video editor wanted but Yeah, so it was through, a lot of it was through word of mouth. Um, you know, what eventually did get me like stable, like consistent gigs was um, word of mouth. And this is, this is important too, for any um, folks thinking of getting into film uh, go, or going to film school or just, just going to get into right the industry in general. Uh, networking is important. Uh, <laughs> who, you know, uh, who you get to know and who you work with, um, can come into play later on because the first gig the first like like true editing gig that i got because after graduating i like the, the stuff that i was getting was mostly again same you know video videography stuff like events you know weddings and, and all that and um but like the first like gig that i got was like you are an editor you're like the, the assistant editor was through a friend that i knew uh back at academy of art university uh he had graduated before me and had gotten a job in Sausalito, California at a post post-production house or a production house. Uh, and he just, it was just, he just called me up one day while I was working at Fry's actually <laughs> late night at Fry's. And he was, Hey, um, are you doing anything at the moment? Are you editing? I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty free. Uh, and he was like, if you're free, uh, we're looking for assistant editors and editors. Um, To, to come help us out uh, if you want to do do an interview uh with our with our boss you know you guys right. up. so uh that ended up being my first first like true freelance uh editing gig um and that was in J january 2nd 2012 Uh-huh. um Oh, in the new year. in the new year yeah literally the new year so um and that because of that um that recommendation from a friend uh that led to kind of other gigs that would come later on like because i'd worked there the producer the producer one of the producers at that production house knew somebody else at um, the name of the studio in sausalito was emotion studios um they they worked with companies like adobe hp like little provost um the one of the producers at emotion studios knew someone who worked at ubisoft entertainment a video game company Right. based in uh winter offices was based in south san francisco and were looking for editors and i got that gig because the producer there that was hiring knew the producer at emotion <laughs> Right. Right. and then um someone else at U ubisoft knew someone else at another studio and so on and so forth and that's how i got a lot of gigs and um you know um the you know even the job i got at pixar that was through someone that i knew that i met at uh edit fest uh in la uh that was just randomly met someone uh i thought it's funny um uh i met someone at edit fest it's a festival for editors every year in los angeles and i saw someone that i thought i knew i recognized Okay. and uh funny enough she thought she recognized me as someone else she knew but we it turns out we didn't know each other at all and, and so we're like i don't think 
think we know each other. No, I, no. I, but... I've used I've used that to pick up women actually before. But anyway, oh yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. I know you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but in your case, it was legit. Like you're 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 sincerely thought I looked like someone you knew. I sincerely thought it was someone I knew uh, back in the Bay, but um... it wasn't. But just so happened, and this was in LA. It just so happened both of us were from the Bay. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so you can sense it. Yeah, your, your Bay Area sense on. Right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, like my Bay Area sense is tingling, yeah. and everything. And so um, uh, she, like, uh, her her name is Chelsea Walton. Uh, we we're still really good friends to this day. Um, like, we started trading contacts, and we tra- started trading like freelance gigs that we couldn't do because we were already on one gig or another. And mm. um, she was able to get into Pixar first, and it was kind of the same thing too. Uh, she called me one day like things right like the week before i was supposed to leave for a jet uh, a vacation to japan and she was <laughs> like yeah she's always like right before or something um she she was like hey we're looking for folks to help us out uh, at pixar would you would you like to interview for it and um that was a dream job for me like i've always been a fan of um those films and right. uh you know when toy story 3 came out on the dvd they had a documentary about editors in pixar and uh it was that same department that created that documentary that was hiring like ooh, you know i i i, I would i've always wanted to you know right uh, work with you guys uh so um interviewed the day before i was supposed to leave for japan literally the day before i did a phone phone interview with them and then like right, cool we'll let you know um if we'd like to come in and so I'm like all right i'm going to japan so i went with my i uh, went to japan with my brother and my sister-in-law and we were literally on the train to disney uh disneyland tokyo oh, i was <laughs> there I got... earlier last uh, earlier this month uh, disney sea but yeah go ahead yeah oh amazing park <laughs> but yeah but um yeah we were literally on the train going to um uh, tokyo disneyland and i got the got the call or the message like hey we want you yeah, come on in when you get back from japan I'm like um literally like the three of us on the train i was like dude i got the job <laughs> the three of us were like jumping up and down and mm. uh, on the train everyone was just like looking at us like oh, what's, what's what's going on and so um yeah you know it's just you know long story short i think a lot of you know a lot of the gigs that i got was through kind of word of mouth connections networking um which was again it, it was it was a challenge for me because um you know i was i was very introverted very awkward you know, talking to folks um, in the beginning, but I knew even early on, like even working with wedding videos, I had to kind of learn how to, you know, right, talk, talk to folks, yeah. interact, and just yeah. kind of be social to a certain extent, and um, and uh, you know, it's, you you do stuff for your passion, right? You do stuff. I always say, uh, I'm screaming on the inside when I'm trying to be social, but I'm doing it because I want to, you know, right? Uh, you know, I, I'm doing because I want, you know, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to get to know get get more gigs you know get to know mm-hmm. folks and you know it, it got easier you know so it seems like going to grad school was a great thing right you found your thing your calling editing yeah. and then also it led to your first gig and that set you on the path of like other gigs after that so yeah the alumni at, at academy arts and then got the, your first job at emotion got you out of the prize went to ubisoft and etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah yeah so it totally <laughs> sounds like grad school is worth was worthwhile yeah, yeah. For for me, uh, definitely, I think it was it was the best choice. I I one of the best choices I ever did. Mm. How long was grad school? Grad school was my program was about three years. Okay. 
Yeah. And then at grad school was just like where you just constantly editing. Like you, you collaborate with other um, filmmakers who are directors and photo you know photographers uh, cinematographers. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna edit this, blah, 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 blah. And then you just go from there. Yeah, yeah. It was um I was editing everything and anything that came my way. I was just I'm I'm hungry. Like that's the best right. way for me. So I'm hungry. Please let me cut something that's not a wedding video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and um you know it was it was a good mixture of stuff too narratives uh documentaries really love documentaries right um and you know commercials as well and other stuff like folks are trying everything like school is a great place um yeah or to try everything so yeah that, that, that was kind of my experience there you know so and was the pixar gig pretty steady i mean did you just like stay there it was a freelance gig or is it just like oh uh you're actually a, a pixar employee um it was a freelance gig it was it was it was by contract um okay it's it's funny because that one started off as a three-month thing uh -huh. like we're just gonna have you for three months but i think that one ended up being a year oh nice. um yeah my first year with them was uh uh the end of 2014 into the end uh the end of 2014 to the end of 2015 it was when they were working on inside out and the good dinosaur um okay so, yeah so the in, inside so inside out was my first film uh working mm. with pixar and that was with the uh the document it was called documentary department back then now it's called creative content but mm. they were responsible for the making of documentaries on the dvd blu-rays and eventually moved on to you know um doing stuff on in, uh, disney plus as well like inside pixar the making of turning red and the making of Lightyear. so yeah Did, so you, does pixar actually have a lot of um freelance people or do they have like a lot of in-house people as well they have quite a bit of um freelancers uh from what i know from from what i've heard right it's funny it's like i'm a freelancer it's like who do i know that's a freelancer um we, we we did have quite a few freelancers uh as far as i know coming in and out um because um like I would run into someone every now and then and we would find out, oh, you're a contractor. Oh, I'm a contractor too. And, you know, <laughs> so it's like, can you go to the after party? No, I can't either. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> so Let's have our own after party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just have our own party with Mario Kart or whatever. No. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those were, those, it was, it was really cool. That was one of the coolest gigs hmm. um, I've, I've ever gotten. They, they, they treated us pretty well um you know it, it was a grind it was a grind sometimes but i think oh. as far as just like um and then they, they knew it too right they, they knew it could be a grind sometimes and so you know the you know, facilities i guess it's similar to google or something but um you know the facilities were nice you know um it was it was it was a good it was a good culture to be at i think mm. just just folks there you know really really cool folks and um the only thing i i was kind of annoyed at was i couldn't go to the after parties uh, uh like the rap yeah. parties the rap parties yeah. for each film because i'm a contractor so you can only get you can only get to a certain point right uh if you're if you're a freelancer there like i don't I, get my name on the credits uh, uh, on the films so uh i get them on the special features so you watch the special features and the, the docs they they do right. have the freelancers names wait so those. you did you so uh correct so you worked on specifically on the document the making ofs for for example the making of inside out the making of turning red, the making of buzz, 
um, you worked on those, but you also worked you also worked on the film as well, the actual film film. No, 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 not on the no. actual film. Okay, um, just the creative uh, content, the uh, documentaries about. Yeah, the yes, Scott. yes, yeah. strictly on the uh, the making of stuff. So I was an assistant editor um, for those, like a lot of organizing footage, lots of uh, lots of logging. Like oh, five geez. years, that's great. Five years worth of footage, so eight years worth of footage, depending on the film. Um, so, uh, can you list some of the films that uh, some of the document uh, behind the scenes films that you worked on? Uh, you worked on uh, uh, Inside Out. Inside Out. Okay. Uh, let me try to name. So, Inside Out. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, Good Dinosaur. Good Dinosaur. Uh, Find, Finding Dory. Uh, Coco. Uh, Coco was a long one. That was a good one. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, Incredibles two, uh, Soul, Onward, Luca, uh, Turning Red, um, and the last one I worked on was Lightyear. Mm. Uh, they told me I worked on Toy Story four, but I don't remember working on Toy Story four. They they gave me a <laughs> watch the movie because you worked on. It. I, like, I don't remember working on that, <laughs> so I probably did for a short time. So um, yeah, and Car- Cars I think Cars three as well. Yeah, I did. I did work on Cars three. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Any so particular that, film? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Because that that must span more than just like that 2014, 2015. Just like went back and forth. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went back a couple times. So, uh, 2014, 2015, and I took break. I think at the end of 2016, I went back uh, until 2017, and then um, went back in 2019. At the end of 2019, all the way through the pandemic lockdown and everything and oh, you were an uh, online editor right i was an online yeah they, they moved me up from editing from assistant editor t- to online editor uh and i finished up at in july 2022 that's when i moved on to blizzard um so yeah i was there for a long time <laughs> i was there for for quite quite a while wow as an online editor you're working remotely or you're still working you're going to emeryville still for pixar or um in the beginning stages we all had to work from home okay uh, so yeah I, I began my stint so that i got brought back um to pixar in 20 late 2019 i i was actually working in la about by then and i was working at a game company so i um one thing throughout my career i've always bounced between the film world and the gaming world because i'm oh gamer. interesting yeah <laughs> i'm a huge gamer so i i like um and i i got my i got my um a lot of my experience working at Ubisoft too. So uh, I've always loved kind of going back to that. So I was working at a game company, uh, mobile game company uh, for most of 2019. And then they ran into some some uh, some difficulties and had to lay off a lot of us in late 2019. So that's when I went back to Pixar. Um, and by then they were prepping to do some stuff for Disney Plus. And they're like, hey, have you do you have any experience with online editing? Uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, and so they're like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're, we're moving you, uh, we're, we're adding t- to your list of stuff you, to do. Like in addition to assistant editor, we need an online editor. So um, this happened before we knew we were going to go into lockdown too. Right. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we went to lockdown and we we're like, oh geez, let's uh, figure out how to do this. Like let's figure out how to do online editing from online. <laughs> so, mm. you know, so we, we, you know, we, for for most of 2020, we were working remotely, and 2021 was when we started to let some folks back into the studio, uh, including myself. Like I think I started uh, once I got the okay, like it's okay to come back in. 
uh, I would go in when we were getting towards the tail end of finishing up certain right. projects because uh, I wanted to be at the, be at the console and just kind of be able to make sure everything you know <laughs> was working okay. If there was if there was like a hardware issue, I don't have to call them up and hey, can you go you know reconnect? So when you work for when you worked online or working from home, what kind of rig or setup did you have? Um, I just had my lap laptop. Like they gave me a laptop. And that was uh, strong enough. It was strong enough to connect to the station back at the studio. Okay. So yeah, so everyone had to um use a vir use a virtual desktop and connect right. to a station at the studio and. Um, use the use the avid machines or use the da vinci machines and um, right. do stuff from there mm. so what it what exactly is an online editor can do you, for people who are not uh familiar with that term what, what does that yeah what does that entail no sure 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 so uh online and offline are um i'll explain those first so um well first of all i was saying like um the reason we want we have online and offline is because um, first of all, footage, really, really high definition footage is huge. It's yeah, it's a huge file, and when you try to play it on a software like an editing software or something, it will probably sputter and <clears throat> I can't, I can't play. Right. So what happens is um, we would uh, take those huge files and turn them into smaller proxy files, mm. and those would run much smoother in an editing software like it's a lower quality um uh, but it's easier to run on your editing machine so um the the editor was, was would start off working on the cut with that um um smaller footage like smaller files first uh with the proxy so that would be called offline offline editing uh you're not working with the final footage but you're working with, like like a, a proxy a temp a stand-in right. for what what would be in Right, and that that links to the original file, which I guess uh, the proxy is a stand-in for the original file, and then the original file, um, eventually they'll just like when in the final edit, the original file is put back where the proxy was, correct? Or correct, correct. So um, once uh, once the director um, in in a perfect world, once a director gives. <laughs> Gives the okay, and like we're we're picture locked, meaning we're done. This is the cut. We're going to move forward with this. It's ready yeah. to go into color and uh, sound. Um, that's when they send it to online the online editor. So the online editor will make sure the the high definition footage is goes back online to where it goes in the timeline oh. in your edit sequence. So, okay. um, in a perfect world the online editor would be able to be like, oh, okay. Um, you know, again, the proxy files uh, would have the same file name as the high definition, like the higher res footage. Mm. And they're just located in different, they're just located in different places uh, on your hard drive or whatever. So the off online editor would go in and find those footage or graphics or whatever, uh, and just reconnect that to the, um, the online sequence. So, mm. um, which which takes time. Uh, it, it took time for us because the editors were cutting on Premiere, and uh, but the online had to be done in DaVinci Resolve, uh, which is usually used for color correction, uh, for final color, mm. and that's what our colorist was going to use. So we had to online everything in DaVinci Resolve so it could be uh, ready for them to 
I'm ready for him to um to work with it. And so Oh wow. but yeah, yeah. Um but I don't know if you guys know anything about like uh and those listening about editing software, they're all they all speak a different language, Mm. like in the code, whatever. So Right. when you try to export uh say an XML file, which is like a package you bring into another software to recreate the sequence you you created in another software. So say I I edited this in Premiere. Uh, now I want to send this over to uh, DaVinci Resolve or Avid. They would send an XML and they would recreate that timeline in DaVinci Resolve or Avid. So in this case with DaVinci Resolve. So, and I remember, um, and it was, this is kind of a learning curve for us too. It would recreate most of the, most of the timeline. Oh gosh. But not all of it. Like, so you have to go through it. Oh. I would yeah. have to go I would have to go through it. I had to ask the original editors, hey, can you just give me the uh, the 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 original Premiere Pro project? Just let me go in and see what I'm missing. Because literally there will be huge gaps in the timeline where clips are supposed to be, but they're not. Like they're not in the DaVinci timeline. And I was like, what's going on? And it was it was a lot of discovery too. It was a lot of learning. Okay, this is why if you do a multicam clip. Uh, in Premiere, which is like you're taking a lot of uh, cameras from the same take, you're just shooting for different angles and creating a multi-cam, multi-cam clip, that will not translate in Premiere. It's just mm-hmm. going to show up as empty. So you have to do, you once you're ready to like bring that over to another software, you have to do something like you have to flatten the mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the clip or commit. I forgot the language for it in Premiere, but basically you have to okay and be like, okay, this is a clip now it's not a multi-cam clip and send that over to uh davinci resolve other things were like some clips were be like when you bring them to davinci resolve it just extend all the way and just cover up your overlap your entire um timeline i was like what's going on and it was like oh okay um if you put a transition at the end of a png clip in in premiere it's going to create a long it's going to create a long clip from that one little clip oh yeah so all these little things would come up. Right. It's just like, and DaVinci Resolve, it's a great tool for color correction, but it's a horrible, and you, it's a great tool for editing. Um, if you're pretty sure you're going, to edit some, you're going to edit something that's just picture and no graphics, no motion graphics and all that, just picture. But these docs that we were creating had a lot of like flashy graphics, a lot of like motion graphics, a lot of um, titles coming in. And you can do a lot of that easily in Premiere, like mm-hmm. easily, just just do a couple things and that's fine. You can't do that as easily in DaVinci Resolve. Like mm-hmm. um, I spent an entire weekend trying to recreate one effect. Like it was just simple vignette, like little spotlight on a character. And like easily, it was easily done in Premiere. I, I could just do this, this is like, it's fine. DaVinci Resolve was like, okay, I could do this, but I can't do that. If I do that, it won't let me do this. It was like, so. Oh, you know, gosh. You, yeah. <laughs> so Ugh. you would have to find we had to all constantly find a solution that's part of being an editor like whether you're an online editor assistant editor you're trying to find solutions um to get get the job done and you know for something like that like that it was just like go back to the editor and premiere like ex- export me a pro res of just that clip with all the effects baked in we're not recreating this 
Right. result so you know <laughs> um that sounds yeah tedious okay yeah it was a yeah it was a it was a, it was a challenging <laughs> challenging um role the online editor um mm. but i learned a lot you know i think it really um right. you know i i i i like a good challenge i guess right, I, right. I love I and mean, hate a good challenge but yeah it's interesting because not many people hear like those specifics of like oh this png file has a transition like a lot of people, uh, yeah, you know, just coming from the per the general lay person watching a film, whoa, that's so cool, and, you know, uh, it's, it's like magic, right? Like kind of when we watch films as kids, right? Oh, it's, but to hear it from like the truly like technical slash detail point, it's 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 interesting because we don't we don't normally hear that in everyday conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I don't know if that would be interesting. It's a lot. No, of I I find it. <laughs> Dan, 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 did you find that interesting? <laughs> I did, I did. Um, yeah, it's uh, sounds like DaVinci Resolve doesn't sound like the the program to use. It sounds like Adobe Premiere is like the one. Adobe Premiere is still hands down, in my personal opinion, the best. You know, Ooh, software fire. out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shots fire, but let me explain. Um, I, I I don't have any gripes against DaVinci Resolve at all either because i do i have used that for editing <laughs> it's just avid. what you what you decide oh go ahead oh avid yeah avid you know avid it's not my choice for editing but it is good it, it does have its benefits it's a great collaboration um collaboration uh like software like if you have more than one person working on a project davinci mm. no no avid uh avid avid, avid is okay. great a great way to go and i'll, I'll even compliment final cut pro <laughs> I, I i personally don't like it i'm sorry for all those listening uh out there who do use it and you know it, there there are benefits to 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 using i think it's a, it is a great tool for those um who've never edited before uh because it does streamline the process it's basically it has um a built-in assistant editor in there it's basically a built-in right. editor um and it does stuff for you, you know, uh, already it's like pre, 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 pre done, you know. Um, but I would not, it, I would only recommend it if you are absolutely sure you're the only person who's ever going to touch this, this app. Right. Like, um... absolutely, absolutely sure. Cause, um, when you try sending, this is just from my experience, when folks start sending it, sending it to, sending it to you and you try, you're trying to work, it's like, this is missing, that's missing. Uh, where, 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 where's this file? Why are there uh, 500 layers of in the sequence for subtitles? You know, it's uh, it's like having uh, it's like receiving a project from another editor, but the original assistant editor is out of town forever, and you don't mm. know where everything. Oh, uh, that's for Final is. Cut Pro. That's uh, for the, Final Cut Pro X. The, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but your so, choice. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Your your choice is Premiere or. Yeah, my choice is uh, my choice is Premiere, hmm. uh, and that's just you know, that's that's the tool that I um, you know for for what I need to do you know like uh, you know lots of you know motion like sometimes I do need to do titles and motion graphics. Uh, right. uh, that's the easiest way for me to do it. <laughs> you know, it's and you know they they work with After Effects and you know Photoshop and uh, they they got a whole you know kind of sweet um, yeah sweet in there that that kind of speaks to each other so uh and it was a natural progression from uh what i originally learned editing on which is final cut pro 7 um, final cut pro 7 
Yeah. Gee, right? Yeah. <laughs> so first it was like Windows, Windows, uh, cut classic or classic Me editor, media player, media, media player. Media yeah. Player. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I actually, actually the first one that I used was the original iMovie. Ah. Um, yeah. Before it was changed, um, by the guy who created, um, Final Cut Pro 10. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, I moved on from that to Final Cut Pro 7. So it was a natural progression for me to move on to Premiere because yeah. um, the same guy who created Final Cut Pro 7 created Premiere. Actually, he created Premiere before Final Cut Pro 7 and oh. they, they called him back. Yeah, <laughs> Adobe called him back because he was like, hey, you're doing pretty well with the um, the, the Apple stuff. Uh, can you come back and help us improve your original baby, I guess. So, mm. um, folks out there could correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's kind of what, what what I what I understand. Like, um, so it was the same architecture that I was used to, right. and so it was a natural progression for me to go from like, okay, Final Cut Pro Seven to I think what was CS6 at the time when they really mm. started to ramp up, and um, you know, it's what it's it's the language that I understand that I'm comfortable with in terms of editing, and I've seen you know it it in like um. You know, folks do ask me, hey, which tool should I use? I'm like, if you can afford it, if you manage it, Premiere Pro. But, you know, if you are comfortable using something else, whether it's, uh, you know, Final Cut Pro 10, DaVinci Resolve, and you're already doing this stuff, doing your stuff pretty quickly, you know, like whether it's Avid or whatever, um, you know, just 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 use it. You know, <laughs> just um, use what you're comfortable with. So, yeah. So DaVinci, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to switch topics about gaming, right? Because we now know... <laughs> you've done a lot of document documentaries and then what do you do for uh, gaming is it like mostly cut scenes and stuff um no it was actually uh mostly trailers and promos um at ubisoft that's where i got started okay uh with with the gaming stuff so that was actually my second gig after emotion studios um and uh because most of what i was doing at emotion was assistant editing uh occasionally like some editing stuff here and there um uh, but I think Ubisoft was really where I started getting really heavy editing work. And it was mostly trailers and like, promotional videos. Like um, it could be as simple as like a 30 second spot like promoting right. this, a trailer for this, this game. Or it was like a, a dev, like a developer video, like, hey, um, so and so I create I, I created Assassin's Creed. Um, here we're here to talk about this game. Um, or we would do internal videos like in end of year uh retrospectives like hey we had a great year this is what we did here's here's like a fun like epic dramatic you know right. retrospective on our awesome year mm. and um i've done motion here's here's a fun fact i've done i've done motion capture for the just dance games oh um, for some like, yeah. you're you're the person dancing i'm not the person okay so i'm not <laughs> the original person you see on the screen but i was um they needed some of my first gigs they needed someone to play the game oh. uh, and, and do a recording of that uh that just you know to show um if there was like a new song or something they would do like a short video of just that song and just like a short okay. clip of that song it's like this is this is how you play this is how you be good and uh i i, I some of my first um first tasks i did for that job was was doing was doing that mm. uh for just dance and uh it was funny too because i went in thinking oh ubisoft do i get to work on the assassin's creed splinter cell far cry it's like no you're working on just dance like oh okay <laughs> um which actually ended up being really fun they did they oh. did some really really fun 
um promos for that they they really tried like everything they could to like push out um uh pro- pro- promotional stuff for that game and uh you know funny enough that was the way i was exposed to new songs as well <laughs> so that <laughs> that kept me in a loop about what was popular with with so, the kids so, what about that uh activision blizzard so activision blizzard um uh, that was my uh that was the last uh video game company i worked for um july 2022 to july 2023 this year actually um yeah yeah so that was with the esports uh division uh with activision blizzard so we worked on um stuff for overwatch league and call duty league okay and uh it was it was several different things it was uh one is obviously the the live events you know the matches the tournaments yeah uh of the esports uh players uh competing whatever uh and the other side was doing features we call them features which was uh basically for example if this one player is kind of gaining a lot of notice getting a lot of attention we're doing a highlight let's hey let's do a highlight video about this one player you know just kind of show like where they came from and just like talk about them and or you know a player is retiring this player's been around since the beginning of esports um let's do like a tribute to this player um or fun videos like oh it's halloween we've got this new uh new uh player skin for overwatch let's let's do a video that promotes it so uh lots of lots of that and um that was my first leadership role i think uh yeah yeah it was it was my first true leadership role um after pixar it was uh a lead my role was a lead lead assistant editor and uh so I, I remember that came at a point when i was at pixar where i was like you know i'm really ready to move on um ready for kind of like i love i love it here but i'm i, I would like some leadership experience right um in, you know in, in what i do and uh i also want kind of wanted to go back to the gaming world as well so that job came at the right time and it was just like oh i, I love it here at pixar but i'm ready to move on so uh left in 2022 and left Pixar in 2022 and joined Activision Blizzard and just um, did that for a year. And it was an amazing experience. I think it was uh, definitely tough at the beginning. Cause again, um, I like, I knew I needed some leadership experience and, uh, and I, and you know, from, from the get go, I was like, okay, this is definitely very new to me. And just um, like, I'm the one making decisions on, um workflow and just uh QCing like whether or not something it gets to go out into the world or needs to go back for 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 more changes and and stuff like that uh but definitely it was uh it was it was the again one of uh, one of the best another one of the best choices I made in my career because mm. it came at the right time and it was just in a place where it's like you know I'm ready to kind of get to the next level where I wanted to be and you know, I got to go back to the gaming world, um, uh, which which is funny because uh, even though I play a lot of games, I don't play a lot. Of, I didn't play a lot of Blizzard games. Diablo? Mm. No. I watched my friends play Diablo. Uh, <laughs> I watched my brother play Diablo. Uh, I love Diablo now. I oh, uh, love it so much. Um, but it was funny because I, I did four interviews with the team when I was uh, interviewing for the role. Each person, I was like, "Hey, just to let you know, I don't play. Um, I don't play Overwatch. I don't play Call of Duty. Is that okay?" Yeah. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine." <laughs> so, 
you know, but you know, from but when you so when I got the job, you know, if I if I um if I know I'm going to be invested in a certain role, a certain place, I will immerse myself in what they do. Like same thing happened with uh, Ubisoft as well. It was just like, okay, uh, I know I'm gonna be here. Let me dive into these games. So I spent a lot of time playing Overwatch. I spent a lot of time playing Call of Duty. I think I played through several Call of Duty games, and mm. <laughs> which which is which is fun. I I do I do enjoy those games. Uh, now now especially zombie mode. Um, but. It uh, for 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 Blizzard it was it was interesting too because I got into the other games as well I got into World of Warcraft got obsessed with World of Warcraft like several <laughs> several years too late but I got, got a pretty obsessed with it and um got into the Diablo games like um played Diablo three with a friend we we beat she taught me how to play it <laughs> and like properly quote unquote properly and you know we finished that game I I, I uh, was obsessed with Diablo four. Um, when it came out and you know finished that game and then um i'm still playing diablo immortal even though folks complain about the game I'm like, I, it's it's a good game i swear it's a good game you don't have uh -huh. to buy anything for it to be <laughs> you you can you can get through quite a bit of that game without buying anything is that like uh, an add-on to diablo 4 or it's the mobile game some mobile oh. game oh, okay. it's, it's on the on the iphone I got a PlayStation Five just to play Diablo Four, but I still haven't downloaded Diablo Four. I'm I'm gonna get around to oh, it, but yeah, dude. I heard good things. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a great game. Um, again, same thing. You don't necessarily have to buy extra stuff for the game to be good. The campaign, uh, the campaign is great. the 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 world is amazing, and um, it yeah. goes back to kind of Diablo Two, that dark kind of oh. world and everything. Because I know world. Um, Diablo three was more a little more cartoony, a little more uh world world of warcrafty. Um uh, which which is fun, but uh I can understand when folks were like, eh, we missed the old because I did go back to Diablo two as well, get dark yeah. and like I'm like, oh okay, that's what that's what folks are talking about. Um and I actually am playing Diablo two right now on the Switch. Oh, uh, <laughs> getting through that that game's so hard. Dude, that game's so hard. hard. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um going back to yeah. like from the the films that you worked on at Pixar, were there any like uh, particular like working on the documentaries for the films at Pixar uh, prior to going to uh, back to gaming? I'm kind of curious about like was there any like experience there that kind of stood out? Like which films? Like was it Turning Red? Was it like uh, Lightyear? Were, were it, uh, as far as like the, the experience working on that behind the scenes stuff. Cause I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing a lot of the filmmaking process, which you're probably taking in as well as a filmmaker yourself, like, well, this is great to learn about. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear about um, which film or which films like stood out for you all, uh, during your work there. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of an easy answer um, in terms of, like the two films that stood out to me that I had the best time working on were um, Coco and turning red mm. um yeah yeah coco i think it was just uh uh it was one of the longest projects I, i'd worked on and it was very um it's very interesting to see all the research and all the collaboration that went into that project like um when you're talking about like the film itself like you know there's five five or more years worth of research footage and uh Jeez. yeah <laughs> and so it was it was really cool to see like because they took a lot of a lot of the footage that i had to organize and go through were um were research trips to oaxaca mexico 
Mm. and just kind of seeing like all the all the research all the work all the uh, time they spent there um to to just kind of get to know the area get to know like okay we're representing this place you know <laughs> let's let's actually stay with the family you know and get to know like get to know the culture get to know the music and like because uh, i remember one uh, one of the artists uh talking about like um there's a moment if you've seen the movie there's a moment the the grandma would throw the shoe would use the shoe to hit like the uh, yeah. <laughs> and so and yeah, i remember that was a direct um that was a direct recommendation from one of the artists mm. like uh we should have the the the, the abuelita you know hit them with a the shoe because that's what you know that's what you know that's, that's... an inside joke that we knew yeah yeah so um you know same thing with turning red as well uh you know it's 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 an asian american uh asian canadian director mm. and uh, it's an asian canadian story <laughs> you know i grew up asian american so it's cool kind of seeing um a lot of that uh like implemented into the story just into the characters and just really relating with that right and um i think the reason why i choose turning red and coco uh as my two favorite films to have worked on because i could relate with them pretty closely yeah you know, coco is about a kid who wants to be an artist he wants to be a musician and he he his passion is to be a musician and uh you know uh turning red uh the main character she's a she's an artist you know she's trying to find her you know, she, she's she's trying to find and find kind of her voice as well mm. you know and everything and uh despite kind of living up to expectations from you know they're there i feel both of the films are about like living up to expectations i think of family and sometimes family. you just yeah stepping stepping out of that you know you're going going against the grain like it's, it's i'm probably going to get 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 hit you know or something if i if i decide if i tell my parents i'm going to do this or or that right. you know mm. uh but i'm going to do it anyway because uh i am passionate about this thing and so and a lot of the artists who work on these films like you know i i feel like they came from this they come from the same place too Mm. you know the the arts isn't always a, the easiest thing to get into <laughs> uh for for a lot of folks and you know i think those uh, uh in working on those films i I can kind of see like for a lot of folks who are like okay you know um and for me too being at pixar it's like i'm here you know uh, i i i've gotten this far you know it was tough i never thought i would get here but i you know i've proved myself you know not necessarily to other other people but most importantly to myself <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know that's most important yeah it's very important and you know i think that's something like um i didn't know i needed to prove to myself until later on in life like and uh and that that's kind of the whole like moment it's like oh wow you know um all right you know i i i've i, I proving to folks ha i did it is one thing but you know what i i've I, I had to prove prove to myself that I can do it as well. You know, mm, you I, can I can, yeah, I can survive and I can, you know, do really, really excel in this, this thing that started off as what folks call, you know, a hobby or oh, yeah. you're <laughs> <playing>, right. <laughs> a hobby or um, just, just like something you're doing with your friends for fun, but right. uh, not put food on the table, but, you know, just, just kind of, um, I think those two projects were the ones that gave me a little like epiphany moments. Like, huh you know mm -hmm. like that's me you know yeah. I, I you know i 
I, I did it and uh and my parents aren't disappointed you know right right you know like the my family is not disappointed <laughs> you know uh maybe maybe okay there were some trepidations before but you know i had to kind of just go through the process you know over the years go get through it and uh i think you know it, it's it, what i think what proved it what the, the key to proving to them that i was capable of doing it for it was proving to myself that i can do it Right. you know and so um i don't know if that answers your questions yeah no no, no it does yeah so yeah or like man fucking coco it's like one of the few films that made me ball like bawling oh dude like yeah jesus dan, dan have you seen coco or or yes turning red i have okay I have two kids yeah yeah so we watched them both <laughs> i haven't seen turning red yet but i, I do want what to see that yeah oh i dude haven't seen dude it You gotta it's see good it. It's 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 great. Yeah. oh good okay I'll, I'll watch it uh but Yeah. yeah man freaking coco i was like i was watching with one of my guy friends who uh, i practice uh brazilian jiu-jitsu with Ooh, so nice. manly guy uh, aaron he was on our podcast before aaron estrada and then and i just remember like <laughs> don't 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 see me crying you know like as <laughs> he's like you know he's my he's my senpai he's like a, he's a higher belt and then yeah. and, I, and i'm just like bawling like over here <laughs> <laughs> like he, when he starts yeah singing the song uh yeah so we, we got 10 more minutes or so uh we Oh, should okay. probably wrap this up um yeah uh i think for me uh one other thing i yeah and you are you're touched about this is like yeah your background how it seems like maybe there are certain expectations from your family you know i, I think there are for like immigrant parents right of like Yep. they come from an unstable or not as stable environment they, they hope that their kids can thrive in a more stable environment but then maybe there's a certain level of like oh but why are they choosing this path this less you know we came for here for stability right and why is he choosing a less stable path so uh like hearing about that i, I think i i do find much um common ground with that as well so thanks for sharing that story Yeah. uh yeah I know for um like like he mentioned you had like this kind of a uh deal with your parents about college like Dan are you are you gonna do, you're gonna do something similar with your kids or what would would you have a plan yet or you, you'll get you'll cross that bridge when you get there I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I I, I mean, I'll let my kids figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're at least in a position where we can afford them to like look at and explore things but who knows in the future things will change right and on top of that my wife is in the arts so we can't say you can't go into the arts when <laughs> my wife is already in the arts right yeah so it's kind of tough to like to to say but anything yeah it's like but mom is blah blah yeah blah yeah right right i was right gonna say that's just that's just asking for like the kids who's like mom is doing it so why can't i do it so yeah yeah the hypocrisy would be really <laughs> big so yeah um one thing i i do remember connecting with uh daniel about daniel tong uh, was like we both fans of uh, a blink of an eye a book by walter march i think uh Uh, we I don't know if we ran into each other because he Walter Walter Murch was doing a, a speaking gig in I believe like in the peninsula somewhere maybe I ran into Daniel there or I I forget but um anyways I I met Walter and and, uh, and I was just like super nice guy he signed my book yeah so I'm kind of curious Daniel about your he talks about his um 
his philosophy about editing. So I'd be curious right. to hear about your own personal philosophy about editing. And like, uh, do you also kind of believe in that? Oh, cap getting that cut right before the uh before after the blink of the person speaking. So Walter Murch, just for a brief summary, Walter Murch talks about how for him editing, uh, he'll sometimes edit the clip. Uh, right before or after the blink uh, of some of the actor speaking, because he feels like that's the change of that's the beat of the scene, right? I believe mm -hmm. I've, I correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. If it's before the blink or right after blink, or I, it could be either one, but he he uses it as a tool, as a as kind of like a tool of when to cut. But yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, I think it's before because my my own philosophy is kind of the same. Kind of it runs around the same line too like yeah if it's a, if it's a character between if it's a scene between two characters i always imagine like um if i'm cutting between the char two characters i would imagine it if, as if i was the third wheel mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and turning from one person to the other when would i uh hear something from this other person and turn to this other person to see their reaction that's kind of how i would imagine myself in mm -hmm. in that scene um and uh I think the other thing that I really liked that that changed my thinking about editing too from Walter Murch was emotion first, continu continuity down the continuity down the list. Mm. Like you know, uh, you know, I think because uh, it's easy to get like um, when you get started in editing, it's easy to be like, I need to match these shots together. I need to match them exactly. Um, and you oh know, yeah, like that 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 hand was not in that position, or right. that painting was a little tilted. Okay, so continuity for for those listening who don't know, continuity is just keeping things like oh continuous, like oh the scene looks the same as it, it's supposed to happen the same time, the same place. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And Walter Murch's um, thing is emotion first. You don't have to match like you don't have to match stuff like the emotion will guide you through the shots even if they're not matched uh to a certain extent um to a certain extent and uh he couldn't be more true like i've seen movies where like would get me balling you know like um there's there's one movie i don't want to spoil it because i feel like it's going to spoil <laughs> but but i remember there's 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 one movie i love um uh that there's a there's an emotional goodbye between the two characters and a uh, little hint one character is going back to space and the other character is staying on earth uh and it's like their goodbye and it's just like the moment the most emotional moments in the in the movie and um there's one shot where you cut to one character and you see one of the characters hands on their shoulders like holding on like this but then you cut to the other shot no hands at all mm. and um i've never noticed that until <laughs> like i think way later in life i was like huh the scene's not matching but the emotion still works. It's mm. it's still there. It's a still an emotional goodbye between these two characters. Right. And uh, I think that was the the the, the click moment. It's like emotion will drive <laughs> the emotion will drive the focus of the film. The emotion will drive the, the you know the scene if you have it you know if it if it's if you have it consistent through the scene and you know what direct the direction you want to go with it is the emotion can drive the scene in your mm -hmm. film so um yeah I've, I've run into walter merch twice i think oh, <laughs> nice yeah yeah I, I did go to an event i think it was with the uh, san francisco uh, film festival mm. and uh, i ran into him at pixar oh wow too yeah it's so uh, so he's yeah you're he, he's a really nice guy 
um he 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 talks about stuff outside outside of editing Mm. right it's yeah interesting which yeah which which is what you should do i think <laughs> life is more than just editing so right um but we're he's talking a big about editing science now yeah yeah he's a science geek i know like i asked him like yeah because he talks about science in that in his book blink of an eye and and yeah the use of like uh but but yes like like kind of but the, his idea of like what i mean by science is kind of like um kind of like the 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 psychology i guess behind editing and like kind of like you know how humans have have evolved and how we view the world and and how editing is a way of kind of like using film which is one of the closest things to thought he mentions right and i found that so interesting that kind of insight um so i'm, I'm just very curious to hear about your own personal like uh philosophy about editing so like for for you emotion is number one and then for you when you are editing then what's like your creative process with the director are you how what's how i guess what's your creative it depends on the project i'm assuming right because uh Right. right so like uh how is your I guess your creative collaborative process. What do you like to do as an if you are the lead editor of a film or a short film? Yeah. Right. Um I mean I could <laughs> talk forever about the process, but I'll skip. Uh, I guess this I could will talk be our last one before we go to the language corner. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Right, right. I, I mean, I can I can talk um, all day about the, the the assistant editing process, which is key to my Yeah, uh, sure, sure. to, to to my my process. But I I I can I can focus more on the lead editing part um, as well. Um, uh, but just just long story short, um, the assistant editing part is a huge part of me um, knowing how to cut certain uh, cut the movie, the, just the whole movie in general, because I'm organizing, and I'm seeing all the footage, right, and I'm uh, I'm marking it and keying it. the way I want and I'm already kind of making notes to myself like I'm going to use this take I like this take um, maybe this one uh, and just keep note of that um, I I always I always approach assistant editing whether it's for me like no matter if it's for me or for someone else always approach it in a way that um, how would I want my assistant editor to organize a project for me Yeah. you know and um, so that's how I would always start a project uh, um from the technical side uh <laughs> organization side but as the if i as lead editor uh i always have try to have a conversation with the director before uh and get the scripts obviously get the scripts and um i always ask the last question i would always ask the director uh at the end of our meeting is okay um when you wrote this, when you're, when you direct this, when you direct this, uh, do you have a song? Do you have a movie? Do you have a game? Do you have something in mind that was in your head uh, when you wrote this? And um, sometimes they'll be like, Oh, you know, I, I, I was, I was watching Francis Ha or I was watching Shawshank and I was thinking of this one horror movie from Japan, you know, or from Thailand or, Oh no, I was thinking about this song by or the, the Rolling Stones. Uh, I was listening to the Rolling Stones while I was, writing this movie and um you know i would i would take that one okay and i would watch that film i would listen to that piece of music i would like immerse myself in that like okay let me get into the director's head just so i know what the original vision is like um and then uh then i would go off on my own and i would read the script um just sit down like read the script just sit down and read it don't be in front of your computer screen just sit down on the couch read it and get my take of it 
like my sense of what, what the story is. Okay, all right. And then um, when it's ready, to, when it's ready to ready to edit the film, um, usually the director would just let me go off on my own. Like, okay, just do the assembly and uh, uh, just 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 get a first first cut out. And mm. usually with the first assembly, I would try to adhere as close to the script as possible. Uh, I, I, if something really doesn't work, then I'll be like, okay, this is really not working. But usually I would try to adhere to the script as close as possible, mm. just so we can see what works or what doesn't work and we can like talk about it. So, um, you know, after that first assembly, it's just kind of a back and forth process. I call it a diplomatic process. Uh, I really feel like editing a movie is like negotiating peace between two countries. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that's that's what it feels like sometimes. Um, because you know, there there are, you know, we're coming to the table. I'm like, all right, here's what I want. And then the person's like, well, okay, but this is what I want. Mm. And then so it's a lot of negotiating between, all right, we can't have this, but we can have this if you take this and do and do this instead. Like, okay, let's let's do that. Right. And so it's a lot of back and forth and just kind of like trying um you know going off my own just being creative just get into the zone just just edit put it together i call it like playing with legos it's it's like playing with legos you know you Mm. have your pieces and that's why i spent a lot of time uh in the assistant editing stage like okay once i got all my footage laid out i'm gonna go and select i'll go through each scene um i don't know if you how you guys out there you know organize your files i like laying out all my footage by by sequences and each of those sequences is by scene and so i can like scroll through the sequence and look at all the footage in that scene all the shots and i would mark for that each. specific scene okay oh. yeah for that specific scene so all the um all the scene one clips will be on this one sequence mark scene one mm. and all the scene three will be on this this sequence mark scene scene three and whatever and then i would use markers quite a lot just like okay this is shot one see this is the uh close-up on mike you know and this is shot one e this is the uh uh medium shot on julia and oh by the way uh she does uh a, a movement with her eyes that i think would be great for this moment when mike mm-hmm. says this and so it's a note to myself so i would do one round of just like laying everything out putting all the notes and then i would go back to scene one and go through each sequence and pick out the pieces that i like yeah. that I know what I'm going to build my my Lego house or right, whatever right. out of. And so that would be the starting place for me. And so when it's really, really time to cut, I would go through each of those sequences and be like, all right, here's the sequence I'm going to do for scene one. Oh, I have all my pieces laid out. Let me put this together. And that's just get just to get me started. I can yeah. always go back. I can always go back to this, this, this string out sequences for scene one. I'm like, all right, what I ended up choosing doesn't work, so let me go back. And right. Choosing or the director's like, hey, um, I like that's a good choice, but I would prefer this other take because mm. um, we we see uh, we see Julia crying or something, you know, right, right. whatever. So um, that that's that's kind of my my process, just uh, uh, with the directors, kind of kind of going back and forth, negotiating uh, peace, yeah, <laughs> negotiating peace, and and uh, again, I also try to put myself in that perspective as of that third third wheel as like if i'm observing the scene um uh, when would i turn and blink and see what's going on you know right. um you know like try to get into the sensibility of the scene and of the characters and 
just like what are they feeling and uh try try to get some rhythm in there as well if if this person's going high let this other person go low this person's going high low you know just try to try to find the dynamic dynamics uh, di dynamics in that Awesome. so yeah a lot Cool. of stuff <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I know that could be like a whole nother podcast is the aesthetic uh, uh, considerations of editing. I mean, I, we maybe we can bring you on for a more technical or artistic um, talk like that. But uh, yes, Sure. thank you so much for joining us today. That was, and for just after right now we're recording is is the holiday season. So thank you for joining us during this holiday season, Daniel. Yeah. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a, been a pleasure, and again, it's an honor. And um, Oh, it's our honor, yeah. yeah, yeah, great catching up with you Yeah, as well man. as always. I almost forgot about that high school French video <laughs> <laughs> until until now. So. Uh, I forgot about that Godzilla. So yeah, I, 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 there's might be a file somewhere. I gotta figure, dig it out somewhere. But yeah, yeah 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 so, I wonder if I could yeah um, so uh, yeah, just quickly, um, uh, oh. uh we have a language corner thing at the end uh so one word so basically we, we learn about uh we at the language corner we just share like a phrase we've learned in a like language that we're learning or a language that we've learned uh so one is like so in, in japan like K kentucky fried chicken is a big thing for like for dinner like that's like that's christmas dinners kentucky fried chicken i there's a whole you can google it look it up the history behind it Uh, why that is i guess it was like a, some sort of marketing um kind of um a thought or they or they mistakenly thought it was a thing in america but anyways kfc in america in japan is um so kfc kentucky fried chicken is like uh they just use katakana it's like ken kentucky is is uh, kentucky kentucky is is kentucky and then fried chicken フライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチキンフライドチ
And he's like, okay, yeah. And he did that and it became like a hit and the kids loved it. And he's like, wait, maybe I can do this. Yeah, maybe I can make this a thing. So there, I've heard various, oh. there's there's like, those are like the two main stories, the, the, the American one and then like the kindergarten story. I think there might be another one, but though I've, it's it's like it's a it's a legend, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we were not. I'm not sure exactly which one is the correct story. The correct but, one, but KFC, yes. Uh, I I went there. Luckily, I I I I reserved Yoyaku revert reserved, um the um my KFC in advance. So when I got there, there was a line, but luckily I I, I could skip the line. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds like a premise for a story. That you guys KFC. can film right like the, <laughs> the three different legends of kfc <laughs> we'll make up the third one it's like a you, you can make it up. yeah 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 like two two semi-real ones and then the last one is like one that's like really complete really fantasy ex- yeah yeah ex- <laughs> like that sounds like that sounds like a premise for something right a that's a, story. Um, like, yeah that's a good one yeah yeah um, yeah i think like pizza and Cake are also a big thing in, during Christmas too, right? Is, is that pizza it? and well, cake for sure. Yeah, Christmas yeah. strawberries, cake. Christmas cake, strawberry, strawberry cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that in anime and video games. So, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you you want to know something really odd? I mean, we're talking about odd foods invading Japan. You know, the traditions and stuff like that. My friend recently showed me a picture of Jack in the Box where there's a poster where they're selling boba at Jack in the Box in what? Japan. Or in, in, America. in America, in America. Oh, but you want to hear what? something even crazier? I was walking by the nearest Del, Ta- Del Taco today, and they have a poster. They're selling ramen. What? There's a a Del what? Taco ramen birria. You know the the beef. Yeah, there's a birria ramen. Like an actual like bowl with ramen. And... Yes, yes, at Del Taco. Wow. Yes, wow. <laughs> the Asians, the Asian foods are coming in. We're creeping in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I heard Donald Glover just opened the boba shop. Yeah, too, in Silver Lake, right? In oh, Silver yeah. Lake. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try it out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. His oh, wife is half. It. Yeah, his his wife is like half Asian or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I'm gonna go try yeah. that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah. Too. So it's near you, Dan. You can you can yeah. go. Okay. It's like ten minutes away, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta go when i go back to la yeah. <laughs> yeah are you are you based in the bay you're still in the bay area uh daniel no i'm based in la you're based in la okay okay yeah i just um, came up north for the holidays oh you're here for oh yeah no, yeah yeah so you're based in la okay so if yeah. you if, if anyone needs an editor um any you know i guess you now you can edit from anywhere in the world you know with technology but uh <laughs> if you want me daniel in person he's based in la uh, be sure to check out some of the projects he's he'll be having coming out uh, soon. There's no room for love. There's a, a Filipino American web series uh, about a bunch of folks living in LA, in the same apartment. We also there's also Creature Comforter, a short horror comedy mockumentary that uh, Daniel's editing for Brave Maker Studios. Um, and then also he's working with um, Erica Milsom on Release the Beast. From Rizo Studios, um, he's an assistant editor for that. It's a short animated film about a timid boy who learns to defend himself against bullies using his uh, art that he created for his video games. Um, he's also edited. Check out Jinho, a Korean American feature by uh, directed by David Boo. Uh, he and Daniel has attended some film festival uh, festivals for that this past year, as well as uh, he edited Always in My Head, a music video by Filipino American uh, music artist Garth Garcia. So that's just a list of some of his work. For for a more complete list, 
be sure to check out his LinkedIn. Also check out his website, which is Daniel Tong Editor. Uh, .weebly.com. Uh, anything else you want to add? Any other shout outs you want to give before we sign off, Daniel? Um, just a shout out to you guys. Thank you for uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you for for having me on board. It was it was really fun uh, getting getting to meet the other Dan <laughs> as well. So yeah, no, it's it's just 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 a shout out to you guys and just a, a shout out to all those folks out there who are listening who also want to be filmmakers. Um. Pursue your passion and just uh, stay hungry. Um, not too hungry, but <laughs> no, no, stay, stay hungry and just like, um, you know, if, if you love it, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just, just keep going at it. And, uh, uh, chase your dreams. Yeah, chase <laughs> Jayo, yeah. Jayo, Jayo. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, so this is yeah, this is James signing off. Uh James or aka Young signing off. Uh you guys want to sign Yin. off? Yeah, this is Yin signing off. This is uh Daniel Tong signing off. Awesome. See you guys next on the next one. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.